Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and with me today is writer, director, producer Joe Bigos, who has crafted another movie that is in a niche that I tend to have a soft spot for, the, the Christmas horror movie. And this year we are going to experience Christmas bloody Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh, yeah. gracious! How has that night been a title pr- previously? Seriously, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's based on the sa- the Sabbath song, uh, Black Sabbath song. Uh, you know, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. Just switched out for Christmas Bloody Christmas. That's my uh, my Black Sabbath uh, ode. <laughs> well, the movie does have a a hard driving rock and roll uh, background, and some. I'm gonna say. The, the incidental score sounds very, very late 80s, early 90s, uh, angry synth pop. So uh, kudos yeah. to that. <laughs> well, kudos to my composer, Steve. You know, he's a, he's a fucking, he's a force to be reckoned with. So tell us, how did Christmas Bloody Christmas come to be? Um, so I was asked... Uh, Read to I guess early twenty the people who held the rights at the time and um, that was my dream movie to remake you know I always loved the iconography of that movie I didn't necessarily like wasn't in love with the story or anything like that so it was it was kind of a dream scenario so I put together you know an outline uh, that was literally Christmas Bloody Christmas pretty much beat for beat and um, you know they turned it down they didn't think that it was uh, the fans of the original would like how different it was, even though, you know, I'm the fan base for the original, but, uh, you know, lucky for me, they turned it down and they were right. It was different enough, which allowed me to adapt it into a, uh, a full screenplay. And, um, when I was trying to come up with the idea or trying to come up with a good pitch or a good, uh, remake for Sonic Deadly Night, obviously I didn't want to follow the story of the original. So I was trying to think of something that was like really fucking out of left field and Terminator is my favorite movie. And, you know, kind of just came to me like, what if it's a fucking robot Terminator, you know, <laughs> why not? Um, and that was the, you know, it's kind of the genesis of it. Well, robots are part of the, uh, the Venn diagram that will lead to the end <clears throat> of the human race. So good call on that. Uh, for, yeah. I don't think it would be too much of a spoiler to say that Santa is a robot Santa that is supposed to be uh, a gift, an, an advanced high-tech gift for those uh, geeks who can afford it. And it's using some what was termed uh, decommissioned military software. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, shenanigans ensue. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not a spoiler. We, we we let it all out in the trailer. So, <clears throat> so talk about making this movie because it it looks like it's it's very fast paced. It happens in one night. It literally is uh, robot Santa destroying a town in a very very bloody and brutal fashion. Where where was this filmed, and how did you I guess keep the pace? the that that frenetic pace going um we shot up in northern california about an hour outside of sacramento in this town called placerville um very you know very much uh like a distinct main street american town which is it's weird you think that the script was written for the town it was so close to what i wrote but um it wasn't and um 
you know, the, the, I wanted the movie to feel fast paced. I like movies that kind of all take place in one night. It allows you to have that, uh, have that feeling. Um, and you know, I like, I don't like movies to overstay their welcome, you know, especially like something like this where it's a slasher. It's like, you know, what's the balance of like when the dialogue works out, it's welcome. You know, we took out, we took out a chunk of, you know, maybe like 10 minutes of that first half. We really summed on the second half and it's like, I just want you to be on a ride basically. You know, I don't want you to have any downtime. There's a lot of things vying for people's attention these days. And, you know, this is predominantly going to be a movie that a lot of people watch at home. So I'm going to keep you motherfucking attention as much as I can. (laughs) Do, do you think maybe the movie was a bit too fast? Because I, I will say in the beginning when you're introducing people and then when the mayhem starts, I had a trouble figuring out, like, wait, who is this person? Where did they just come from? Because they, they came in and they were gone. And I'm like, wait, what? Who, who was that? Am I supposed to care or just enjoy the blood? Um, I mean, I don't know if it goes too fast. I mean, you know, as long as you're there with the main characters, that's what's most important to me. You know, I, I don't think I wasn't looking to like build an ensemble, but I was looking to make the characters that were at the center of the movie be the ones that mattered and everybody around them, you know, we're seeing the, the movie through uh, Tori's eyes. So a lot of these things are kind of, you know, matter of fact to her or throw, like, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, what's the best um, journey through her eyes and how would she be reacting or how would these things actually be? interacting with her you know if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i i have to mention the the arguments about music in her music store were hilarious to me that was inspired madness how did how did you come up with the idea for that banter and was that scripted or did you just tell them to go for it um well that's conversations like that dominate uh, a lot of my social life and you know I'm very much <clears throat> mostly just uh, spend my time when I'm not making movies listening to records and watching movies and as does most of my friend group so those are conversations that have dominated a lot of our um, you know a lot of our social circles and you know there's a lot of highly controversial opinions in there that I wanted to get out uh, so you know Tori is very much based in me though not every opinion she has is from me um and you know i just i'm I'm sick of horror movies that like where either six characters they're all stereotypes they're all people who you wouldn't actually be in a fucking room together or spending the night together hanging out together it's like well i'm gonna make a movie about people that i know the world that i know things that i like and you know i'm gonna i want people to like every character i don't want these people to just be fodder for death i want them to be i want to feel like a richard linklater movie for people who fucking like do metal and horror movies because you know what there's a lot of crossover in that fan base being a doom metal fucking horror fanatic, but there is not a lot of movies that speak to us. It seems like it's a lot of people from the outside trying to make movies for us without knowing what appeals to us. So I wanted to be the one to make movies very specifically. Like, even if I'm the only one who would like this movie, this movie is specifically made for me and what I would want to see. And hoping there's other people out there who will agree (laughs) that, you know, maybe this movie is for them. So uh, sounds like uh, how me and some of my friends argue about uh, science fiction and horror movies it, that I was so entertained by the energy and uh, the, the, the variety of opinion in that. Uh, yeah. so the, the, the music store itself, was that a real music store or did you have to put that together? Because the, the appearance of so much vinyl just, you know, warmed my heart. 
yeah, that was just an empty, uh, an empty building, you know, just white walled empty building. Um, when we decided to shoot in Plasterville, we were looking around and the only thing that actually existed there was a toy store. Like so for some reason, that giant toy store existed in the middle of this tiny town. Uh, you know, we did some art direction to there and, you know, made it our own, but, um, the rest of it, like the sheriff station, the record store, they were all just empty, the bar, they were just empty rooms that we built up from scratch. So I got to kind of like, you know, with a record store, make what I would want to be my dream record video store, you know, with what our budget would allow and all that. But, you know, I, I think it's very visually and aesthetically pleasing. And I really wish that, uh, you know, a lot of people were trying to stop by while we were shooting the movie or during the day because we shot all at night, but thinking that a new record store opened in this town and I kind of <laughs> wish that somebody had taken it over and kept it open, you know, give me, give me a little, a little off the top for creating this and giving you some business from being in a movie, but let's keep this, let's keep this thing rolling and, you know, keep this, uh, keep this open in a real store. But, you know, alas, I think it's like a, a coat store or something now. It's, it's something else that uh, is very different. You know, we have to strip it all down and repaint and put it back to an empty square gray box. Oh man. If, if someone left a turnkey, uh, music store or bookstore, I I would be so tempted to just go in there. Okay, okay, mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Talk about uh, the special effects. I know how you're a, a fan of the old school practical effects. Talk about uh, uh, let, let, how how shall I say this? The the overabundance of blood spatter just literally splashing through the snow <laughs> yeah i mean you know if we had shot during the day uh that juxtaposition would look a little cooler but you know um you know making a this the santa's powerful you know he's going to take people out and that shit's going to splatter i think that you know painting the frame with anything that's aesthetically pleasing that's what i like to do i like to build frames from darkness um and put as many things uh in there that you know we're going to, you know, let's have some colored lights. Let's have blood spattering everywhere. Let's have the characters covered in blood. You know, the idea of a Santa Claus with a, a, a snow white beard that's covered in blood and spattered in blood is so aesthetically pleasing because it's just such a crazy juxtaposition, you know. And I just, I, I like that. I like things that are, you know, give you sensation looking at them, um, you know, give you feeling looking at the things that like are just crazy juxtapositions and visually pleasing. Um, and I feel like making a Christmas movie that has a lot of blood and a lot of neon and a lot of fog and haze and snow shot on 16 millimeter like i mean that's that's a dream it's like the perfect cocktail of you know aesthetics to me anyway the neon to me i thought was an interesting touch because it put me in mind of uh late 80s but then their banter was more modern and I I'm just like that's a lot of neon. Where am I supposed to be? But the way the neon lit some of the stores was pretty cool. How uh the lighting, how how much of a challenge was that to do that like because you have the Christmas lights, you have the neon lights and you have darkness. Blood spattered yeah, darkness. I, <laughs> I mean, I love I love that. You know, I, I, you had a lot of neon, you know, bliss and VFW. Like I'm, uh, I just love that aesthetic. I love the way that neon looks on film, especially. Um, I have a lot of neon in my apartment. My apartment is usually completely bathed in neon. My walls are very dark purple and dark red and dark black. And, you know, um, I just like that, you know, in, 
sure. You know, I, people bust my balls, like, especially on set. Uh, there wouldn't be this much neon everywhere. And you know what? You, you said, I don't know where I'm supposed to be, but the place you are is you're in the biggest universe and everything is bathed in motherfucking neon and Christmas lights. And, you know, I like the idea of, um, it's funny because when I, uh, I told my dad that this movie got, you know, finance and greenlit and he's like, you know, oh, finally, you're going to be able to go make a movie without neon lights. And it's like, well, actually, <laughs> now I just get to add lots of Christmas lights into the, sco- the, the neon scape, you know, and um, I just think it's a, I like lighting things practically like I like lighting things in the room. You know, if you look at a lot of movies nowadays, they do. They do the same thing. They use practical lights to light things, but they're just white lamps or you know, normal, like lights that go around. So you just have these frames that are kind of like washed. They feel like washed, you know, you got light colored walls with white light bouncing off of it all over the place. It's like, I like to do the same thing so that I can move the camera around as I please, but it's so much more aesthetically pleasing when, you know, the walls are dark or they're wood paneled and then it's colored lights. And it's like, it just, to me, it's like, it's what is pleasing to my eye. And um, I think it gives a really cool aesthetic that you don't necessarily see, a lot um and it just builds it into the production design and it makes the world feel more natural to me and it makes it feel more kind of how i like and you know it just you're on set you feel like you're in the, the movie set you can kind of walk around and you know change change my angle quickly with very little work stuff like that um you know it's just it's, it's what i'm attracted to that that style and i like to hyperbolize and heighten everything and you know this gives me a good avenue to do that cool so are you working on anything new right now? Um, yeah, I, I was shooting a small movie before I made this uh, that unfortunately had to be sidelined because this came and needed to be done very quickly um, and also more responsibility with money uh, to, to the company. So um, I'm going to go back and finish that smaller movie. Um, that'll probably be the next thing that comes out. But I'm trying to figure out, you know, um, I'd love to do a sequel to this. I've got a couple of other uh, bigger scripts kicking around so it's really whatever somebody wants to um, write a check for really <laughs> uh, I'm imagining a sequel of this opening up with Tori in therapy <laughs> um, well see I think that Tori is the type of badass who doesn't even give a fuck like she's she, she she's not she doesn't have PTSD she's um you know she's it, it, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I see her as somebody who's like, you know, they bring back Sam and she doesn't give a fuck. She, she already beat that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All she needs is uh, some whiskey and uh, a little, you know, letting go of her anger management uh, practice, right? <laughs> yep, that's right. That's all you need. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, Joe, thank you for sharing your insights into Christmas Bloody Christmas. For sure. Thanks for uh, chatting. Uh, the movie is going to be available on Shutter on December 9th. So everyone check that out. Part of your 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 holiday Shutter programming. Yeah, we'll we... also be um we'll be on all VOD outlets and we'll also be in theaters. So okay. literally any any way that you want to watch this movie, it's available to you. You could rent it on any platform. You can watch it on Shutter, and we'll be in a, a healthy amount of theaters. So um, it should be a fairly close drive. You know, we're not going to be in three thousand theaters, but I think that we're going to be, you know, around pretty much anywhere you want to want to see it. So that's awesome. There'll be no shortage of checking out Christmas Bloody Christmas. <laughs> that's awesome to hear, Joe. Thank you for your time this evening. Fuck yeah, thank you. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi 
right after this. Pseudopod, the free horror fiction podcast brought to you by Escape Artists. It makes my bones chatter against each other and you sit up in bed. I scream as I remain a statue and then the fury in me becomes a raging hot thing in my chest. Each week, one story told well. There, writhing in lurid agony upon the floor was a short creature, perhaps two feet tall. It was covered with red, wire-like hair on every inch of its exposed flesh. From the most chilling and unsettling storytellers of the genre. The wind's up now, and the sackcloth is blowing in black tatters round it, making it writhe like the worms. Only, that ain't all sackcloth. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on the web at pseudopod.org, and on Patreon under EA Podcasts. Hi. This is Barbara Crampton, and you're listening to Slice of Sci-Fi. Ooh, scary. And one more time, the movie is Christmas Bloody Christmas, available now at theaters, on-demand, Shutter, and anywhere else you search for your favorite Holiday horror entertainment. I have mixed feelings about this one. It it really did move too fast. Not establishing certain people before they were dispatched in horrific fashion. And I don't know, it just it, it seemed like it could have been a little bit more balanced, a little bit more I don't know. I wonder what Joe could have done with an extra 10 minutes. Either way, if you're looking for some mindless brutality on a Christmas evening, this one will do. So how about you? What do you look for in your holiday horror? Let me know. Give me a call. The number is 602-635-6976 or shoot me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com or you can come on by the website, sliceofsci-fi.com and leave a comment in the discussion section for this episode. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher, please leave us a review. Let people know what you are enjoying about the show and that maybe they should check it out for themselves. You can also leave a rating or a review over on Podchaser. Check us out. On Twitter at Slice of Sci-Fi, we also have a YouTube channel full of some reviews and some, hopefully in the near future, additional video content. Just uh, go search for Slice of Sci-Fi, and uh, you can leave feedback there too. 
like to thank everyone who's helping to support Slice of Sci-Fi and all the other podcasts and websites in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe. Your support, your pledges through Patreon, your donations through PayPal and Ko-fi really do help keep everything online. So thank you for your support. If you'd like to add your support, place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier, and you will become eligible for perks. Every month I pick a email address out of the hat, and that person gets to choose from a book, a DVD, a Blu-ray, a 4K. Most of the materials I get for review purposes, both here and at Writers After Dark, I can't keep it all. So, listeners, supporters, fans, you guys get first dibs. So if you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi, or if you'd rather just donate every now and then, the link to use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer, or ko-fi.com, that's ko-fi.com slash slice of sci-fi. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.